afternoon and welcome to Boldness Disability Current Affairs. My name is Rafael Caleb. Bin me, my regular co-host, is on holidays and will be back in February. And Loz and Murdoch McLeish, who have been producing the segment Lots of Stars, are also on holidays. As I said, my name is Rafael Caleb, and thank you for joining me on the 29th of December, 2021, for the last show of the boldness in 2021. Today, we are talking with David Manet, writer, comedian, facilitator. Welcome to The Boldness, David. Thank you very much, Raphael. Great to be here. Fantastic. Now, The Boldness is about standing up for your human rights instead of waiting for some well-meaning person to give them to you. Now, keeping in line with the theme that The Boldness has been doing over the past few months, we're talking with David as part of being a writer, comedian and facilitator about his experiences over COVID and lockdown, the effect that it had on his life and from an entertainer's perspective, before talking about the fun stuff that will be happening in 2022. Now, David, first off, as a writer, comedian, and facilitator, what was the effect of COVID on the, your arts practice? Yeah, I mean, well, hopefully we're getting to the tail end of the last two years. But I think initially, <laughs> this sounds strange, but there was a re release from responsibility uh, I don't know whether you remember that that first month where we were all in lockdown, I had an incredible surge of energy, uh, creative energy. And then, so I was writing a lot, even though I, I couldn't be out in the world writing a lot, applying for lots of grants. And then towards the end of that period, I actually had the realisation that what I was experiencing, that kind of adrenaline rush that I think a lot of people experience, you know, watching the news every day, the constant updates, the fearfulness. Like I was incredibly optimistic, full of adrenaline. And I realised that that was actually a similar experience to when I was diagnosed with MS. So I was diagnosed with MS in 2011. 
And I had similar feelings, like there was a huge adrenaline rush. And I think in that, in that chemically altered state, I'm very optimistic, which can be very useful, but it can also lead to becoming uh, very drained very quickly and falling off a cliff. So I was lucky that I, I recognised it and I was able to channel it into a, a piece of writing that I turned, then fe featured in the Writers Victoria magazine that they put out every quarter, just talking, talking about that experience. And as the adrenaline subsided, kind of the monsters in the mind creeping, creeping up from behind me, and, but knowing that they were there. And then after, after that, there was just a long, long period of not doing much at all, just waiting. And it probably wasn't until the middle of this year that I decided that I was sick of waiting, that I didn't actually know when this was going to end, you know, when it, when it would end would be completely out of my control, but what I could, I could stop waiting. So it basically, so basically took 18 months, but there was the initial adrenaline rush, then it was kind of like waiting. Like I know that in my case, from a creative perspective, I felt depressed. I felt extremely down. There wasn't too many things that I actually wanted to do. So it took around 18 months before you're getting around to this state of mind. Yes, maybe there might be something inside. So what actually happened with you around June in 2021? Well, I think one of the things is I became fully vaccinated and I, I don't think I totally understood at the time how important that was for me, like the sense of safety it gave me and kind of moving forward. And, yeah, just a sense of safety. And I think, I think when people feel safe, that, that is a much more fruitful place to make art rather than being fearful. And then, and it was... Also just letting go of some projects that I'd been trying to push through my fear-addled brain throughout the previous 18 months and just going, you know what, these aren't working and they've got too many memories associated to them, which, you know, not to be too dramatic about it, but like, like mild doses of PTSD every time I'd sit down and try to continue doing these projects. So I just let them go. So, David, in writing terms, it's a, there's a term that Writers Victoria does use and facilitators actually use when they're talking with writing students. It's called kill your darling, which means that you actually discard work that isn't finished because it's not finished and you're just going to go through, write new work. It sounds that's what you did. Yeah, similar. I, I guess I take Kill Your Darlings to mean, you know, you have something really good in the work, but it actually doesn't fit within the overall scheme of the work. I mean, I would not say that the work that I was killing um, was a darling. It was, it was very much a monster in the mind. Like, it just had this ominous creeping sense that it was going to swallow me up and yeah I just wasn't up for it 
So, and then, then I kind of, I let, I let myself just play a little bit at, around that time of June. And I started to indulge in just childhood pastimes. Like I bought a pair of rollerblades. I, you know, got given a, a portable typewriter. Talk about the old-fashioned typewriter, the one where I'm going to do this and hopefully it comes through, the one where you go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I've got my typewriter. Yeah, it wasn't an electric typewriter. It's the old-fashioned clunky one. Yeah. Yeah, it's like gym training for your fingers because you really got to I – I hope this will come through. I don't know whether you can hear that or not. Yeah. So, yeah. And just kind of, yeah, really reveling in the small pleasures of doing that. And, um, yeah, just engaging in more play for no, for no outcome and no, yeah, no particular credit or, yeah, just, just play for play's sake. Now, is that, David, one of the important questions I do have for you is that you did mention that once you were double vaccinated from COVID that you felt safer. So it sounds like it might have actually relaxed your you a little bit, that you'd done what you actually could. Now, have you got, are you happy to share a message? What would you say to people who are looking to get vaccinated or thinking about whether they should get vaccinated? For myself, my reasons, and this is not to persuade anyone else because I think everyone, most people have had the vaccine at this point. For me, it was that my mother is a nurse. She was working in the hospital. She was working incredibly hard. And just that sense of doing it for your community and doing it to protect people who are immunocompromised or can't have the vaccine for whatever reason. Yeah. So I think for, for those reasons, for my reasons, it was an incredibly easy choice. I think, I think what put the cherry on top of the cake in terms of making my decision was realising that this kind of technology that we're seeing in the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines has been around for 30 years and uh, a woman had been like leading, leading the research for 10 years and getting nowhere which in the creative field, I can certainly understand that. I've got ideas that are decades old and I'm still trying to get to work. And just hearing a bit about her story and how the mRNA vaccine came to be and just went, yeah, I think this isn't just an overnight thing. This is something that's been investigated by science and um, medical professionals for a long time. So it felt like a safe option to me. So, but the main one was my mum being a nurse. David, we've been talking about on how, as a writer, comedian, facilitator, the effect of when you actually had COVID jabs, feeling safer, your reasons for doing so. How did you feel as Victoria came about and you started to open up and people? were able to go a little bit more into the community. 
How did you feel about this? It was incredibly exciting. Compared to the previous Christmas where we came out at zero cases, but we were all unvaccinated, I kept on saying to people, we don't know what COVID's done to us. On a psychological level, as a community, uh, as individuals trying to navigate our way in this new world. When we came out the second time, higher rates of vaccination, it, it felt liberating. I felt alive again. I didn't feel fearful. I was able to resume in-person work, whereas throughout all the lockdowns, I've been working on Zoom with different theatre groups and theatre artists trying to do an approximation of what we can do in the room. But it was, nev- it, was never, it was never possible to get anywhere close to that. And just being in the room with people again and the spontaneity and the joy that could be felt as you know, bodies moved around space and more than one vo- voice could be heard at a time, certainly that's one thing on Zoom that I found very frustrating is that one person speaks at one time, otherwise it just becomes a a blur of voices. It certainly does, David, and that's a great point for us to take the break to play some community announcements and continue the interview. Have you heard of long COVID? If you or someone you know have had COVID-19, you may still experience symptoms weeks or months later. There are many symptoms of long COVID, but the most frequent are extreme tiredness, shortness of breath, and muscle aches and joint pains. Anyone can experience long COVID, including children. You can find information in your language on the Health Translations website, healthtranslations.vic.gov.au. Just type long COVID as a keyword. A 3CR supporter. Hey you mob, it's time to get back to the community. So get your proof of vaccination ready. Get started by creating a MyGov account if you don't already have one and linking your Medicare number. Then add your COVID-19 digital certificate to the Service Victoria app. Now you're ready to go. Your COVID-19 digital certificate is your ticket. Let's show it with kindness to the businesses we visit and the Victorians who run them. Visit coronavirus.vic.gov.au forward slash vaxproof. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3C- Good afternoon and welcome back to the Boldness Disability Current Affairs. My name is Rafael, the virologist Caleb, and I am talking with David Manet, writer, comedian, facilitator, about the experiences of COVID lockdowns and possible plans for 2022. Now, David, we're talking about what may be coming up for you in 2022. How does it feel that in Victoria we are now over 
80% double vaccinated. There's restrictions in place with wearing masks at this stage and the QR codes. But Victoria's actually opening up as a writer, comedian and facilitator. How do you feel about this? I feel really good about it. Uh, what's possible, there's just so much more possible. Last week, uh, I was able to do a full live show with an audience of 45 people in the room and to see all their faces, because previously I would performed, but everyone in the audience had to wear masks, which is a bit like, it's a bit like a bad dream. Uh, with comedy, at least, you can hear that they're laughing, but not being able to see people's faces, especially in the kind of comedy that I'm doing where I'm really reacting off what's happening for the audience, it, it made it difficult. Yep, sure. Now, I said that would, I imagine, could be very, very difficult, especially if you're trying to interact with the audience and you're not too sure what that facial expression is, whether they're actually trying to cower away from David Monet, writer, comedian, facilitator, who's going to make them into the part of the live show. They just don't know what's actually going to happen. Is it, am I seeing delight or fear in their eyes? And if it's only their eyes that I can see, then it can sometimes be a little bit difficult to determine. It could be now you brought up this excellent point on as a facilitator that on Zoom it becomes a little disconcerting and very difficult to come and be able to hear one voice on Zoom at one time. Now, as a facilitator, that mean, does that mean when you were actually working on Zoom, you tried to imagine what it might be like or were you adapting pieces so only one person could speak at one time? Yeah, I'm just trying to think. <laughs> the, the other thing with Zoom is I have a very foggy memory of it because <laughs> we use spatial awareness is a big part of forming memories. So when you've done every single Zoom session in, uh, at the desk in your bedroom, it all starts to, to blur into one. I think most of the work that I was doing was with a, a group called Fog Theatre, and we work more in a mode of physical theatre. And while there is some talking, it's very much about the body and the music and responses and creating creating opportunities for action to come through the screen. So we, we made a lot of films. Well, now I said, as your role in Fog Theatre, are you a director, an associate producer? Uh, so I'm an associate artist. So Neil Gungavan is the director and then there's a associate artists who work with the group. And I primarily am DJ. 
that's that's my main role. So as a DJ, that means you're in charge of selecting the music to reflect the storylines or as a signalling that what's going to happen next and set the scene then? For sure, yeah. It's In some ways, Zoom was useful for that because I can see the entire cohort of Fog performers on the screen and get a sense of the atmosphere, perhaps in a different way than I can in the room. I can also get a sense of it in the room, of course. You're involved with Raucous Theatre. What's coming up for 2022? Yeah, uh, for Raucous Theatre, I guess I'm, I always call myself a cousin of Raucous. I'm not a part of the main ensemble, but I've worked on a lot of their public programs. They've got some really interesting work coming up in the Midsummer Festival and I think also a show during the middle of the year, neither of which at this stage that I'm involved in. Although I think I will be doing some audio description for one of their shows, if not both of their shows, actually. So I guess, yes, I am involved. In terms of what's coming up for 2022, I just did a show with a young man named William Bailey, who's also a part of Fog Theatre, and we were doing a a one-on-one project together called Hot Potato, which was a physical, physical comedy show. And we're looking to take that out into the world and into some comedy rooms to see how people who are not friends and family and close associates of us respond to the work and to see where that might take us. And then in terms of my own thing, I'm getting into sketch writing uh, and thinking about how I can not, not so much make my work pandemic proof, but how my work can perhaps exist online in film. I love live performing. It's an absolute thrill not being able to do it for two years and now getting back into it again. I, you know, get that sense of how much I really missed it. But I'd also like to explore scripts and editing and sound and creating a kind of uh, autobiography, surreal autobiography for myself online, um, which people will be able to access via YouTube. That sounds absolutely marvellous. So there's a possibility we may be seeing David Manet writer, comedian, facilitator at, let's say, Melbourne Comedy Festival. There is a distinct possibility of that happening. Uh, There may be a a split bill in the offing, but I can't confirm or deny anything at this stage. Now, one of the benefits of Victoria opening up again, David Monet, writer, comedian, facilitator, rang into each other at an event at Arts Exit Victoria on Wednesday, the 15th of December, 2021. How did it actually feel to catch up with people at Arts Access Victoria where it was a small Christmas party where people had the chance to put on a show and like a soft opening of the Front Up exhibition with Adam Naper and some performances from Artemis Monaz. 
as well. Well, this is what I've been missing so much. And you just, you just never thought about it before COVID times. But on Zoom, in the online environment, everything is very controlled for the most part. I mean, you're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. You might come across something by coincidence. But being in person, bumping into you by accident, these kind of incidental contacts with people who perhaps are not close to you in your life, but they bring actually so much joy to it just by these incidental contacts and creating that, that meeting place and having that sense of community was so great. And it was excellent that Adam, Adam Napper, whose front exhibition we were there for and that I did the audio description for, was able to get an opening and to hear directly what people's experiences were of the artwork. So they were hanging up in the, in the windows of Arts Access Victoria and people were able to walk past during lockdowns. But just to have that immediacy for Adam was fantastic. People coming up to him, up to him saying how much they liked the work. People coming up to me saying how much they felt the audio description really enriched the work, which was my goal. Um, that's, yeah, priceless. It certainly was. And that's a very good note for us to finish the interview. Now, thank you very much, David Monet, writer, comedian, facilitator, for coming onto the boldness, for talking about your lockdown experiences and what we can look forward to in 2022. Thank you very much, David. Thanks, Raf. It was a pleasure to bump into you and now be able to do this interview. Fantastic. The boldness will be back on the 19th of January, 2022, a brand new year. It's going to be a new, exciting time for everyone. On behalf of 3CR and the whole Boldness team, would like to wish everyone Happy New Year. Stay well, stay safe, stay sane. I'll be hosting a summer series on 3CR called I Can't Do Another Lockdown. Let's go out with a song dedicated to David Monet, writer, comedian, facilitator, Rebel for Real by Israel Vibration. Keep listening to 3CR, Voice of the People. See you in 2022. Thank you very much. Just hide, hide.
I with me. 